The Lord with gladness. Come before him, singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation. Perfect. Love it. And then we're going to read Psalm 24. Again, the whole chapter. A Psalm of David. Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean depths. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. Verse 5, they will receive the Lord's blessing and have right standing with God their Savior. They alone may enter God's presence and worship the God of Israel. Open up ancient gates, open up ancient doors, and let the King of glory enter. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, invincible in battle. Open up ancient gates, open up ancient doors, and let the King of glory enter. Who is the King of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. I heard a message recently that changed my life. Perfect timing as we're in November. Perfect for this week and truly the rest of our lives. It changed my heart. It mended my heart. It transformed my thinking. It elevated my faith. It gave me tools to live in victory. It shifted my perspectives. Doesn't that all sound wonderful? Yeah. I put away what I was working on because this message set my heart ablaze. That other message will be good too, but once we have that fire, it's our job to keep it going, to fan the flames, to steward what we've been given. I'm excited to share with, the, with you today what I learned. I'm so excited to be here, first of all. And um, my husband, Ryan, as Vinette said, he's up in Alamo today. So are you guys excited? Yeah. Got some excitement? All right, let's pray. Lord, we invite you into this moment. We're here on a Sunday morning where we could be anywhere. This day, this service, let our hearts, our ears, our minds be open. Holy Spirit, do the work in each of us today. Please transform us. In Jesus' name, amen. I went to high school in San Jose, California. I spent ninth grade at Valley Christian, a year that changed my life. My dad could only afford the tuition for one year, but I met the Silvoso family. They had a big sister program where a senior was assigned to a freshman. And I was assigned to Evelyn Silvoso. She invited me to dinner at their house. And when my dad found out, he said, Ed Silvoso? He's a best-selling author. He's a renowned evangelist. I have his books right here in my office. And guess which street they lived on? Mount Hope. 
Amazing. Their uncle is the, the late Luis Palau, who used to have little snippets on Air One. He used to do huge crusades, Luis Palau. Their other daughter, Jessica, is one of my greatest friends to this day. She truly shows me Jesus on how she lives, how she treats people. We all need people around us to show us the walk in practical ways, right? I sometimes think she's not even human. Maybe she's an angel walking amongst us. So recently, her family held an annual, their annual uh, transformation conference in the Bay Area. I had plans that weekend, so she gave me the Zoom link so I could be a part of some of the sessions. I was so grateful. Funny story, so Jessica gives me the Zoom link, and Ryan was driving home from work at the same time. I didn't get a chance to tell him my evening plans and that I'd be listening to this conference. So um, when he gets home, I serve him his dinner, and then I'm glued to my phone listening to this conference. And Ryan um, he start, you know, starts eating his dinner. I'm listening to my, you know, this thing, and then he puts on a movie. Is anyone shocked that Pastor Ryan put on a movie? I'm not. So I excused myself to our bedroom and as the main speaker was about uh, to come up. So the funny thing is I kept dropping my pens as I was taking notes. They kept falling behind my bed. So I thought it would be easier to just come back to the kitchen than to open up, you know, move my bed, find and retrieve a pen. So I kept coming out with tears down my face. Ryan said, baby, what is going on? Are you okay? And it's a live broadcast. I don't have time to explain. And so I said, yeah, honey, I'm, I'm just getting wrecked by God right now. I'll talk to you later. Enjoy your dinner and your movie. It was so hilarious. So as I'm watching this conference, this gentleman is on stage talking about his trips to Cuba and how sobering it is there. Sobering. There's virtually nothing on their shelves at their grocery stores, their freezer aisles, completely barren. Their bakery shelves, nothing. And then I'm looking at these pictures in shock. This is their reality every day, every week. They're given a limited amount of resources and they have to make do. We hear about these things but we can sometimes get desensitized. The people of Cuba literally have nothing, nothing. Then a tall guy from Hawaii named Ellie he comes on stage and he spoke about how Jesus changed his temper, his old patterns, the way he loves and treats people, especially his children. It's been completely transformed. He grew up with, this, with a violent father. He was demonstrating those patterns too. He would hit his kids and think, that's nothing like the treatment I received. My dad beat me way worse than this. But Ellie wanted a new legacy to be different. He didn't want the stronghold of anger and violence in his life, and he was a Christian. He knew the damage it had caused him and his brothers, and here he was doing it too. He had been praying for 40 days over his life that he would be a father of peace, love, kindness, gentleness, not anger, not harshness, not violence. He said he laid hands on his head and his heart for 40 days, declaring a new nature in Christ. And now it is gonna be tested. He said shortly after the 40 days, the family was over, all of the extended family. And a few of them were play wrestling in the living room and vaping items fell out of one of their pockets. The dad 
He's a big guy. He said, whose is this? Everyone in the room was quiet, expecting there to be an absolute blow up. The young man said, dad, they're mine. Everyone's eyes went to the dad, expecting, because he was known for his explosive temper, expecting anything to happen, right? But Jesus, but Jesus, he goes towards his son. All eyes are on him, and he gives his son the biggest hug and kisses his cheek. Kisses his cheek. He says, son, thanks for telling me. And he hugs him again. The room had their jaws open. This can't be the same man. He said that moment was the turning point for his family. There would be love and support and strength from the leader down. A complete transformation on how he used to react. The power of the Lord, the power of an intentional legacy, a new beginning. His testimony was so powerful and he was just like, just right before the opening, like the main speaker, just like an opening act. And I'm like, what a transformation. This guy had no idea I was watching online. And now I'm sharing his testimony with you. His story reminds me to take everything to the Lord. He's not there to knock us down, to hit us, to say, he's there to say, thank you, daughter. Thank you, son. You can tell me anything run into my arms, accept my embrace. I will walk beside you, you can trust me. I too wanna be a gentle place for my kids to land. Being intentional to replace destructive patterns and strongholds for the legacy of love and transformation. It was really incredible. So Bill Johnson was the main conference speaker. I'm already a big fan of Bill Johnson. I played his tuning fork on Unity when I was here last time a few weeks ago. Bethel Music comes out of his church in Redding, California. As he spoke at this global conference, I hung on every single word. Uh, I had my pen when I wasn't dropping it behind my bed and my paper and I was taking notes. In fact, my daughter just got a job, her first job, and I had two hours to, and before I had to pick her up. So I thought, I'll go to Starbucks and work on this message. A guy sat down a little while later at the table next to me, and he saw all my notes. And he commented, that is a lot of notes. What are you working on? I said, oh, I'm speaking at a church in a few weeks, and I'm um, just working on my message. I don't think that's what he was expecting to hear. A research paper, I'm in college, you know, a book I'm writing, a recipe. He was like, oh, okay. I moved all my papers so he could see my Bible. I told him, you know, are you involved in a church? He's like, no, I used to be atheist, but I believe now. I said, you know, get involved in a local church. And I gave him some recommendations. You never know who's watching you. You never know. So to the notes, to the notes that he saw, Pastor Bill Johnson talked about walls and gates. Walls and gates. We can immediately visualize a wall and a gate, right? Israel tried to build the walls of Jerusalem for years. Nehemiah did it in 52 days. And the wall was 15 feet thick. Think about a 15 foot thick wall. You could be attacked and not even know it. 
In fact, in 2007, they actually think they discovered a 30-meter section of Nehemiah's wall. What took Israel years took Nehemiah 52 days. What they couldn't do in their whole lifetime, they could do in one season. Pastor, J- Pastor Bill, he, uh, Bill Johnson, he woke up in the middle of the night one night, and he's with this impression, a walled city without gates is not entirely safe. Interesting, think about that. A walled city without gates is not entirely safe. He talked about how we play a role in this Christian walk. Philippians 2.13, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Bill said, I love this, he can do everything better than us everything better than us. He can do everything better than us, but he likes to work through us. He sent angels as messengers, fulfilling their purpose when he could have easily just spoken himself, right? We have this Bible filled with people that God used. Filled. It's so inspiring. My message last time was about how God used Samson to disrupt the Philistines. He loves using us. Ellie, the Hawaiian pastor, he played a role. 40 days of prayer over his heart and mind, declaring a new nature than the one he grew up with. He knew there was a life-giving way to parent his children and lead his family, and his family has never been the same from that moment forward. I want the Lord to work through me. We play a role. I play a role. You play a role. I love that. I love that. Isaiah 61, 18. This verse I have written down and will remember it forever. Salvation will surround you like city walls, and praise will be on the lips of all who enter there. God provides the walls. Salvation, security, our safety, our refuge, our belonging, our protection, The wall is what he does for us, but it's our job to build the gates. The gates of praise are what we do for him, our role. What do gates do usually? Entry, exits, the gate always invites presence, presence. Praise will be on the lips of all who enter there. Psalm 24, 7 Open up ancient gates, open up ancient doors, and let the king of glory enter. The gate always invites presence. Praise is for who he is. Thanksgiving is for what he has done. What a great time to be learned, like thinking about this as it's the Thanksgiving season. Praise is for who he is. Thanksgiving is for what he has done. God is perfect in every way. He is just, he is kind, he has thought through everything, he paid for everything, it is settled. His nature is to provide. He is the healer. Like Psalm 100 said, for the Lord is good, he is faithful. Both Psalm 100 and Psalm 24, just delightful. So, Bill Johnson said, raise 
your level of experience to scripture. Don't lower your level of understanding based on your experience. Raise my level of experience to scripture, not on what I've experienced. The nature of God, the more we seek, the more we find, the more that is revealed. I praise him in my car and more comes to mind on who he is. I praise him on my walks and I declare, you are merciful, you are patient, you are faithful, you are strong, you love me. I declare all the ways I know his love. It's truly endless. The more we seek God, the more we find. 2 Corinthians 2.14 in the Amplified Bible. But thanks be to God who always leads us to triumph in Christ and through us spreads and makes evident everywhere the sweet fragrance of the knowledge of him. What a great verse, 2 Corinthians 2.14. We are meant to triumph in Christ. Bill Johnson's wife of 46 years died at the age of 67 with cancer. He stayed by her side the last year of her life, believing in faith she would be healed. He said, it's not hard to give God praise when you win. Athletes do it all the time. But praising God when you suffer loss, when things don't work out like you thought they would, when you don't understand, when you have guilt, remorse, regret, pain, confusion, disappointments, when your heart is shattered, when your world falls apart, when you've been rejected, offended, hurt, that is when you are forming the gate. We have to navigate our hearts, emotions, experiences, thoughts through so many things in this life, don't we? We have all experienced pain, things we might not understand. We won't have any of these negative things in heaven. Not one of those will be in heaven. There won't be loss. There won't be death. There won't be irritations. There won't be confusion. There won't be frustration. All the stuff we're dealing with on earth, being in our broken world, we won't have any of that. Pastor Johnson read Revelation 21:21. The 12 gates were made of pearls each gate from a single pearl, the pearly gate scripture that people like to quote. The 12 gates were made of pearls, each gate from a single pearl. Pearls are formed through irritation, yeah, and pressure. Irritation, 12 gates, 12 pearls. Interesting that the Bible would use pearls for this visual. Through irritation, a pearl is made. I have thought about pearls and irritation before, but to add praise was a new ingredient to my mindset. Praise with my irritation, with my deepest hurts, it is not the first thing that comes to mind until now. I want pearls, not irritations, but I can't have pearls without irritations. Speaking of ingredients, A profound story that I have not forgotten. The pastor said he was at a three-star Michelin restaurant up in Napa area. 
and with his late wife. And uh, they were bringing out course after course after course. The next one was oysters and caviar. Again, oysters, and we're talking about pearls. He said, I don't even like oysters and caviar, but this is an amazing restaurant, and I've already paid for this course, so I'll at least try it. He loved the dish, loved it. He said he could have eaten a whole bowl of it. He said, isn't that amazing? The master chef takes things I normally hate and mixes extra ingredients into it, and I love it. I want more. From hating those main ingredients to finding the dish absolutely delicious because of a master chef. There are parts of our lives we may not like, our history, our mistakes, our personality, our behaviors, our sin nature, our relatives, our coworkers, a horrible situation, a difficult relationship, loneliness, rejections, but he gets the last say. He is the master chef. He can turn something we don't like into something wondrous, fulfilling, new, healed. Let the king of glory enter, like it says in Psalm 24. It might seem odd, but we take the parts we don't like in our lives and we mix it with our praise. It flavors our offering, if you will. We offer it up as a priceless offering. My praise isn't based on my level of comfort or understanding. Raising my level of experience, forming my gate here on earth. Something I can only do on this side of heaven. Romans 8, 28 through 30. And we know, and we know, that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. Thank God. And having given them standing, he gave them his glory. I definitely want his glory. I want to exchange what I don't like, what I haven't enjoyed, for his glory. That seems like a better trade, doesn't it? I trust him. He's in control. I am not, but I do have a role to play. Sometimes we're busy taking care of everyone else. Sometimes we are on autopilot. We can neglect what's happening inside of us. We get busy, we shove it, we stuff it down, we don't deal with it, we're just taking care of life. Life goes on. Like the airline says, put your mask on first, then help those around you. Today it is about you. Today it is about me. It's a day to look within to see what we can offer as an offering of praise. Our church used to have a garment exchange. People would bring what they didn't like, what they didn't wear anymore, and they would exchange it for something new. Now this is huge. Praising God is not denial, but to deny the problem 
as a place of influence. Deny the problem as a place of influence. Real faith denies it the place of influence. There was a Christian man named Dick Mills. He was pretty famous years ago. He's passed away. He was under heavy spiritual attack. He put out two chairs. He sat in one and he said, Satan, sit down. You can watch me praise the Lord. Such a visual, isn't it? The last thing Satan wants us to do is his former job. Is his former job. Praise builds the gates. It invites his presence. The best part, we all have plenty of opportunities on this earth to build our gate, don't we? Philippians 4, 7 in the NIV. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We need the peace that passes understanding. We have to give up our right to understand. We have to give up our right to understand. We don't have all the answers, but we can still do our part and obey. All we need to know is, what do I do next and obey? What can I offer the Lord? My heart, my worship, my obedience. Bill Johnson didn't understand why his wife wasn't healed. He didn't understand. But he knows God is still the healer. He said, my church, I've been here for years. I've seen thousands of people healed. I don't know why my wife wasn't healed. But he knows that God is still the healer. He knows that the human heart can go into unbelief and doubt and bitterness really quick. So immediately, he praised God as his wife took her last breath in his arms, and his arms were surrendered in the air. So she takes her last breath, and he immediately goes into worship. That would not be my first response at all. I would say, why, God? Why? Why? I'm your servant. Why? You know, can you imagine? His arms are in the air, praising God as he just lost his wife. Pastor Johnson said he stopped asking why. Because the Lord doesn't answer that question for him. Bill said, this hit me so hard. He said, he owes me nothing. He owes me nothing. He doesn't work for me. I work for him. We praise him for who he is. What a perspective change for that. That statement alone just opened my eyes. He owes me nothing. This guy has given his whole life for the Lord. He watches his wife die and he said, he owes me nothing. He doesn't work for me. I work for him. I don't ask him why. I just say, what next, Lord, and I obey. I'm, and so then he said, he is still the healer, regardless of my experiences. He is still the healer. He knew what to do with the pain. He faced it head on and offered up his praise as an offering. A stinky offering that probably reeks to us. But, because, but it comes from a heart that needs healing, from brokenness, that knows where to run, 
when it's so painful and hard and confusing, a priceless offering we can only do on earth, from earth. So um, my friend was trying to garden. Nothing was growing. Her garden expert asked her, have you drained the drip lines? Once she, she said no. Once she did, she found all kinds of debris blocking the flow. But once the water flowed, the growth happened. Think about what we hold on to. Disappointments, anger, bitterness, pride, all that stuff can get us so stuck. People say, God has disappointed me. You don't understand. God has disappointed me. Well, who are you going to trust? You? Without God, is the world still full of trouble? Yes, it is. We need the peace that passes understanding. We have to give up our right to understand. We don't have to have all the answers, but we can still do our part and obey. All we need to know is, what do I do next and obey? We as his children, we live under an open heaven. He hears our cries. Psalm 24, 3 and 4. I'm going to read it one more time. Psalm 24, 3 and 4. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. We live under an open heaven. He hears our cries. He keeps his promises. He restores. We can reign in life. We won't always understand, but he offers us the peace that passes our understanding. I will give up my right to know why for the opportunities to trust that God is good. I will give up gladly my right to know, to trust that God is good. I know he's good regardless of my experiences. He owes me nothing. I owe him everything. 2 Corinthians 2.14, again, he says he always leads us to triumph. A lot of times, if I'm honest, I am trying to get rid of the irritation, the hurt, the negativity immediately. But in the irritation is where the gates are formed. In the irritation is where the gates are formed. It's where the pearls are made. In the irritation. It's my job giving God praise, facing my disappointments head on, and, and the, off the offense head on, facing my pain head on. Not trying to get rid of it as possible, facing it head on, grabbing my moment to form the gates of praise. That's my job. An offering right in the middle. It stinks to us. Loss, deaths, hurts, pain, weariness, relationships, financial struggles, physical struggles, emotional struggles. We don't need understanding to surrender our hearts. We don't. Our job is to manage our hearts well. And today's about us. Today's about you. Today's about me. Nobody else can manage my heart well except me. You may not ever understand you may not ever get the understanding of why blessed are those who mourn for what they shall be comforted they shall be comforted 
We won't get this chance in heaven. This message changed so many of my perspectives. So I got on my knees. I put my hand out, hand out, and I held up my pain, the challenge, the disappointment, the loss. And I gave him an offering from my bedroom via Zoom link to participate with my other hand raised in the air. And I praised God. And I actually thanked him for this situation that stinks to me. It seems so odd. I know. It's crazy. But I did it. I was so profoundly touched. I said, I'm all all for it. I will exchange what I have and praise God with this stinky offering that is devastatingly hurtful. So I did it. I put my hand out and I worshiped God and I actually thanked him for the pain. Not in a denial, not in a sarcastic way, but as a heart that's broken, that wants to trade in what I have as an offering that I can only do from this side of heaven. Something happened to me that I, um, something happened in my life that I had no control over. But what I did have control over was my role, right? My role. So I thanked and I praised God. I grabbed my moment and it was probably long overdue. Instead of holding on to the pain and the frustration and I don't get it, Lord, and why, I did what Pastor Bill Johnson did. In the midst of pain, I just praised God. When I could get stuck, I look up with my pain in one hand and my worship in the other hand, and I was so comforted. He is perfectly faithful. I began to cry, weep in my bedroom alone, tears flowing down my face. I'm not the biggest crier, and it just, I just, so much broke off me. It was amazing. And offering in the most unlikely place from pain, not from winning, but losing, and a very tough loss. Amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. So then we sang this song, and then I really lost it. I bawled my eyes out. My offering's in one hand, my hands lifted in surrender in the other. I'm on my knees in my bedroom. And then we sang as a group. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. I'm holding out what's so painful, and I, my eyes are up worshiping God. It was so tender and sweet, and it just like brought absolute comfort. I was inviting his presence. I was forming a gate all just by surrendering what I don't like, what I don't understand. I praise God for who he is. We honor you, Lord, regardless of our experiences. I look at pain so differently now. My job is to worship the Lord 
regardless of what my experiences are telling me. In fact, in spite of what I don't understand, in spite of what I don't like, Isaiah 61:18 again, salvation will surround you like city walls and praise will be on the lips of all who enter there. There's been a few more moments to grab my moment and build my gate. I've been irritated by my kids and I just go, God, thank you. I praise you. You are worthy. It just changes and shifts everything. I've done this four or five times since I heard this message. Every time it just works. And, and it, God's not a genie, but it's just like surrender. I just build my gate. I'm irritated and I know where to go. Satan, you can watch me praise God. That's my job. So grab your moment. Build your gate. This message, like I said, has changed my life. Each time, healing, comfort, tears, his peace, his presence is given. I exchange my pain for a garment of praise. I hold up what is burdening me and I declare praise from my lips. I'm trading my sorrows for the joy of the Lord. I'm inviting him in intentionally. That's my job. It's my role. It's your role. I definitely want pearls from the pain. I want his presence. I want to triumph. I don't want to get stuck. It's so easy to get stuck. I don't want to get stuck. I want to grow. I want to go from glory to glory. I don't want things in my flower bed to be dead. I want it to be life-giving. So I'm doing this. So today I want to, um, let's hold up, like let's have a moment. We're going to think about something that maybe in your life, maybe something's hit you. When he said this, I immediately knew a painful situation that I could offer. And praising God is not denial but it's to deny the problem as a place of influence. So take a moment right now, like think about something that might be in your life you can give as a stinky offering to you, but it is something that you can just lay it down to the Lord. Something might be burdening you, maybe a lot of things, a hurtful relationship, shame, things broken off your life can come today hurtful words, whatever it is, take a moment and just think, what have I not understood? What has not made sense to me? What has hurt me so bad and left me broken and shattered and hurtful? And you might have very minimal pain or you might have an avalanche of pain. And the best part is you can hold it up to the Lord All right, do you guys have anything? If you do, just put one hand out and we're going to sing that song again. Just practicing building our gate. Praising God is not denial, but to deny the problem as a place of influence. He is the healer. He is a great God. All right. Let's sing together, Here I Am to Worship, with one hand out and our other hand lifted high, if you will. So here we are to worship, here we are to bow down, here we are to say that you're our God, you're all 
together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. We worship you, Lord. Praise him with your lips. He is a good God. He is awesome. He will mend your hearts. He will heal the brokenness. He will take your burdens. He is a great God. We build our gate of praise today, God. We worship you. We offer our thanksgiving and our praise because without you, we have nothing. You are a good God. You are our healer. You are a provider. You have finished everything. We don't understand everything, and we don't need to. We still can do our job and worship the living God, the Savior of the world. We take our pain and we exchange it, God. We offer it up. Give us beautiful, beautiful pearls, God, from the pain we've all had. Heal, mend, make our way straight. Be with us, comfort us, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, that we have a role to play, that you use us mightily. Let us be a blessing, God, and let us look at pain differently. It's an opportunity to praise you, Lord, to do Satan's job that he forfeited. God, it's our job to praise you, regardless of anything we endure. We adore you, Lord. We worship you. You are good. You are a good father. You have mighty plans for each of us. I ask that you would bless this group today, Lord. Bless each one. Meet their needs, God. Bless them, God. Let them see pain as a way to just get their mind off of them and onto you. You are the author and finisher of our faith. Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Love you guys. It's, again, an honor of a lifetime to be with you and be up here. And um, thank you so much.